0: sports
1: talk today is wednesday august 7th before we get started here are a few reminders we would love to hear from you and here are several ways to weigh in call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room
2: by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash tarvino
1: or follow us on twitter at weigh in sports now here's your host brian tarvin and co-host trey patterson let's weigh in
3: Thank you, Michelle, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. We are closer and closer to football season here at Weigh In Sports Talk, and we're very happy, you know, to bring it to you. Tonight's a big show tonight for us, and, and we hope to entertain you very well. Tonight, two very popular teams we're going to be previewing and making predictions for, the LSU Tigers out of the SEC and the Notre Dame Irish out of, I don't even think they're in a conference right now in football, so we're going to leave them independent. So we had to bring them in. Since we have a lot of Notre Dame fans that listen to the show as well, the big or the NFL East and the NFL, it's going to be a very interesting race this year to see who wins this division. We're going to preview it. I'm very excited, Trey, and I'm going to bring our co-host, Trey Patterson, in right quick.
4: I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me, so don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous.
5: What's up, Trey? What's
3: up? What's
1: happening,
3: brother? Oh, man, ready to get some football talk going. we got a lot of information to cover. Trey, i got to ask again. Do you feel like it's
1: closer now, football season? Are you starting to feel it?
5: Well, it's starting
1: to get there, Tarvin. We're starting to see, um, you know, people get excited. More and more people talk about predictions. More and more people talk about football in general. I mean, it seems to take up most of the, most of the sports channels now, at least part of the time. You know, uh, it's growing more and more, Tarvin. And we're talking about uh, very soon, Tarvin. We're gonna we're gonna end these previews, and it's starting. It's gonna go towards. Actually, previewing individual games, and that's when we know it's real close.
3: Yeah, I'm excited about it. And you know, a lot of people aren't talking about the pennant races going on right now in baseball. That's the thing that people with the A-Rod uh, issues going on, the Johnny Manziel, uh, the Riley, all this, all the negativity, and, and all of a sudden the American League East Boston's up by only a game and a half, Baltimore's back five. The Central, the AL Central, Detroit's up only five games over Cleveland. Oakland, a half a game up on Texas in the AL West. And then you have the Atlanta Braves uh, with 12 wins in a row with a 14-and-a-half game lead over the Nationals. And Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and St. Louis are in the dogfight. And even the Dodgers with a five-game lead in the West. Trey, there's some very interesting races going on right now in baseball, and nobody's talking about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, baseball, and, you know, one of the things about baseball is people keep saying that, you know, there's a lot of great baseball going on this year, and this season has a ton of really um, interesting, you know, players and interesting stats and, you know, records and all kind of stuff going on, but the only thing we keep talking about is the Biogenesis suspensions and now, you know, A-Rod, so it's really unfortunate that baseball you know, can't get rid of this as soon as we have... You know, we had this magical season last year with a triple crown winner, and you have just all these great races going on this year. Miguel Cabrera having another fantastic year, and, and he, that's not the story, Tarvin, and that, that, that's sad for baseball.
3: Yeah, we and we just continuously harp on, and and I'm I'm guilty of this too, of uh, uh, looking at the negatives and and reporting on that, but look, this baseball season is phenomenal. Throw A-Rod out of the picture. Who cares about that steroid freak? Let's look at what's going on in baseball. Some great races, and it's got me excited. Look, football is my number one love. Don't get me wrong. But but watching the Atlanta Braves play the way they're playing, when nobody even really gave them a chance going into this year. This was the Nationals division, Trey, or the Phillies resurgent, and all of a sudden, you see the Braves just make move after move, and it looks like they know exactly what's going on. I mean, this division's over. I don't think there's any chance of them choking a 14-and-a-half-game lead. At least I hope not. But, I mean, there's some great performers and some great stories. I mean, look at the Oakland Athletics in the West. Who thought with Anaheim Trey, or the Los Angeles Angels, excuse me, in Texas in that division that Oakland would be winning? Besides me, of course, I predicted it.
1: But who else? Tell me. Well. Oh. I mean, Oakland was a p- very popular pick. and I mean, this is a division that uh, a lot of people were picking a lot of different teams to win, Carmen.
2: So yeah, I, mean, I mean,
3: it's just good, good stories. I mean, look at Pittsburgh. I mean, let's look at Pittsburgh just a second. We're not going to talk baseball too long, but the Pittsburgh Pirates, is that the best
1: story in baseball this season, in your opinion? I mean, it's a good story. I don't know if it's the best story. I, I look at individual players as the best stories overall, and there's some really incredible guys who are out there performing at levels, you know, you could argue Chris Davis' season is pretty incredible. What Miguel Cabrera may be doing is a second triple crown. I mean, obviously he's trailed in some of the categories now, but uh, the fact is is there's some really good stories out there in in the MLB, and you really hope that uh, that the cheaters out of the game can be sort of, I guess, quelled so that we can focus on a really good baseball. I mean, we got to remember, talking we had a really awesome last week of the season last year with just, you know, games – mattering all the way down to the final at bat and the final pitch. I mean I remember watching three separate games go final within ten minutes that all had um you know playoff implications and like, wow, I can't believe, you know, these are all going down right off the bat. So and this season's right just 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 like that. So this wild card has been amazing for baseball and people should take note.
3: Well, you said Chris Davis. I'm going to go ahead and put an asterisk beside his name. And after watching Ryan Braun tell this story, I'm not convinced on, on Chris Davis's year. So I'm not going to say, you know, look at this until I can see more about it. But baseball, to me, is more of a team game. And, and I think it shows you with all the money spent by the Angels and the Dodgers, the Yankees, and teams like that, that money doesn't buy you chemistry. You know, that's one thing that I'll tell you. And looking at teams, Pittsburgh, I mean, their payroll is small. Atlanta's not a big payroll, but those are two of the best teams in baseball right now. They don't they don't spend a lot of money, but they have great farm systems. They they manage it the right way. To me, trade baseball is a, a team sport, and I can't just look at individual performers.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, the Braves aren't exactly a small market team either. I mean, let's not put the Braves in with Minnesota and Oakland as in payrolls, but uh, the Braves are more <laughs> more likely at the top of the payroll. They're in top ten. So, I mean. You know, the, the fact is, is a lot of people have looked to the Angels and have looked to the Yankees and said, well, hey, look at all these teams who can't win. But when the Dodgers put a lot of money on the field and they're playing outstanding baseball, so, I mean, the Yankees, you can contribute to a lot of injuries and the fact that they have A-Rod sort of, you know, being a cancer on that team. The Angels are really the one team you have to stick your, sort of your, your thumb on and go, what's with these guys? And you have... You have know, former MVP in in, in who's now out for I guess the rest of the season. You have Josh Hamilton who couldn't fall out of the you know, fall out of out of water a boat and hit water. And you have Mike Trout who's an MVP type of candidate. So I mean it doesn't make sense. They're not they're not you know, playing very well and they're as bad as they are. Uh but a lot of people thought the Oakland Athletics and the Rangers were gonna be right there, but I think a lot of us thought this was gonna be a three team race.
3: Yeah, Ben and you're right.
1: And just to bring it up in the chat room
3: the Braves are the 18th, number 18 payroll in the major leagues, Trey. So that's saying a lot about the farm system. Somebody gets hurt and all of a sudden a rookie comes in and and and, and just tears it up. Look at Gaddis and players like that. I'm excited to see if they can hold it together. I'll be there a couple more times this year to see what they can do. Hopefully, you know, I'll make my first World Series appearance this year. If we make it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I'm there this year to to see if we can make the World Series. It'd be a special time. And Trey, we're gonna move just a little bit. I don't want to talk about Johnny football too much, but tell me the evidence you see so far. The the video tape off the cell phone that that they're playing that Johnny Manziel, you know, accepted money and was admitting that he was making money. Do you think that's enough to to make him ineligible right now? Or what do you think is going to happen with
1: him? Because I think he's in deep
3: trouble right
1: now. Well, right now what we have is really nothing different than we saw in Cam Newton. I mean, this is a very similar allegation, you know, uh, as in, as I guess, evidence room. I'm talking about the evidence. Uh, the type of evidence is out there, not exactly the fact pattern, but very similar to what we had in, this, in sort of the evidence uh, proffered by ESPN and Joe Shad. I mean, the thing is, is right now all we have is Joe Shad saying he saw a video and in the video, there was some circumstantial evidence indicating that people were talking about money, so really, what it boils down to is Manziel was offered uh in this video, which apparently no, again no one has saw and and this these people have said they don't want to give this tape up to the n c a a um and so you have these guys saying or just Joe Shad saying in the video that you know Manzel was offered money to sign a personal deal uh you know get give, give me a little extra on your signature. Um, and we'll give you some more money, and him saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, And then a picture of him, you know, what looks like signing. But, I mean, right now, all we have is some some very hypothetical, very circumstantial evidence, and it's really not enough to really suspend him right now. Now, Is there more out there? I don't know. But, I mean, we've seen this kind of evidence and what Joe Shad has has come out and said go away before. And so I'd like to see a little more, more hard evidence before I'm willing to write off a player of his caliber Uh, for a season. That's really what it it boils down to, Tarvin. This guy's going to be playing in Canada, if this is true.
3: Well, here's the deal, Trey, and and this is just my opinion. Looking at it, what saved Cam Newton was the fact that it was a loophole, a rule that he didn't know. They couldn't prove that he knew about it. So we knew there was something happening. Money was changing hands, something like that. But with Johnny Manziel, the actual player involved in this, he said, if if you tell anyone I'm doing this, I will deny it. And then they ask him about doing a, maybe some special signatures, and he says, no, that will bring up questions like before. So it shows me that he admitted to doing this before, and he's admitting to doing it for money because he didn't want anyone to tell because it would get him in trouble. And they come out and said he made $7,500. straight. I think that the NCAA doesn't need a paper trail. They don't have to have that. Luckily, Auburn got away with it. And but this time I don't think Texas A&M is going to get away with this. I honestly do not believe it. It's going to be bad for football. But at the end of the day, Texas A&M is going to be, you know, if nothing comes out by the first week, they got a big decision to make. Are they going to play Johnny Manziel and risk, you know, being ineligible and forfeiting those games, trade? Or are they just going to sit him down until they can make a ruling? What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against Tarvin saying they don't have to have a paper trail. Oh, they do. I mean, they have to have money in hands. They have to have the money. Uh, and they don't have the money right now. And oh, if you can have all the speculation in the world, and if you can't put money in Manziel's hands for signing autographs, then you don't have it. I mean, that's what ended Terrell Pryor's career. You able you put that together. I mean, you put money, signatures, you put all that together. Um, this is not, uh, right now, enough. Now, the NCAA is doing an investigation, and they're and believe me, they're going to go after these guys who are saying this stuff, and they're going to go after um, using every bit of legal power they have um, to get to what they think is the truth or get to the actual allegation. But um, I think they're going to have to have money. They're going to have to get to it.
3: Uh, see, but that's the, that's not the – to me, that's, that's just not my opinion of what I'm hearing. Uh, his, his admit of taking money or getting money for doing this I mean, the paper trail doesn't have to be there because you look at his dad and the bank accounts; they're millionaires, guy. I mean, there's—I don't even know why he's doing that anyway. He wanted some, and he even stated he wanted that money to get some rims for his uh, for his car. So, I think the proof's there in the video. They offered to sell it to ESPN, and I think after the cam situation, maybe they backed off of that a little bit. And now they're not wanting to sell it, but Joe Shad saw it, and that sleaze bag. I don't think that's enough for him, but if that video comes out and the NCAA gets their hands on that, I think you could have some problems, and they're not going to be able to find money in a millionaire's account, so I don't want to harp on this all night, but A.J. Green was suspended four games for a $1,000 selling his jersey, $7,500 right here. I mean, that's that's not a lot of money, but it's more than a 1000 so I'm looking at, possibly a four-game suspension for Johnny or ineligibility, and if they do make him ineligible and he reapplies, I don't know if Texas a is going to let him play, Trey, if, if they have a feeling. The, the first thing, they hired a lawyer. That shows something. That does show something. They hired a lawyer.
1: Yes. Well, if you were you, you really going to go off and hire a lawyer. They hired the exact same lawyers that Auburn yeah. hired for Cam Newton. So, I know. I, mean, I, I, I thought Auburn was in, in deep trouble.
3: Something. It does. It, it does say something. Because, I mean, Auburn had something. Auburn was 9-0 and when this came out. Texas a hasn't even started yet. That's a difference. But every Auburn fan out there thought Cam was, I mean, it was over almost. I mean, this was a lot of evidence. You heard his dad on the phone talking. There was a loophole, and he got lucky. But I don't know if there's going to be a loophole for this one. This kid's already been in the media a lot. He's, he's showing, he's, he's making enemies. And I don't know, Trey, and, and this brings up a uh, just a topic I want to ask you about real quick before we move on, the jerseys. I mean, do you think it's wrong for college athletes uh, to get paid for their signature?
1: No, I don't. It's the same thing, you know, the NCA thinks they own all these players. And, you know, we haven't talked about this for a long time, Tarvin, but this is going to change. I mean, you can mark it down right now. You can disagree with me all you want. But this is coming to an end. That NCAA lawsuit by Ed O'Bannon and those guys just got to go ahead in court. This is going to go to court, and these guys are going to get this reversed because the NCAA has been way too almost dictatorship, authoritative over these players. They can't even have a rap video in their own name because their name is owned to the NCAA. What are you talking about, NCAA? You don't own these guys. These guys are part of an academic institution. They, they, this, the whole rules they have are way too harsh. If guys want to make money on the side, and it's open and honest and legitimate, and you can say, "Hey, I'm selling my signature. Anybody can do it." I don't have a problem with that. Well,
3: what Paul says in the chat room, I'm I'm hating you know on Johnny Manziel, but but look, from what I see, from what I hear they're going to find out something. And for football, for the money of the NCAA and everything, they need Johnny Manziel to play football because that Alabama game is the biggest game on the schedule of the year, in my opinion, right now, to people. I don't think it's going to be much of a game, like I said. I think Alabama's going to beat the brakes off of them. But, I mean, this is huge, right? Imagine the, the hit it would take financially if Texas A&M plays Alabama with no Johnny Manziel. I mean, this this game might be on the uh, SEC network at 12 o'clock in the morning.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, this game takes away a lot of me. I heard uh, some talk this week about how this was the most hyped game of the entire season. I don't agree with that, Tarvin. Um, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think it's the best game of the first four weeks. I think it's a very important game if Manziel plays. But if he doesn't, Parvin, you're right. This is a snooze fest because Batman's going to roll. I mean, the only shot Texas a has is if Manziel plays and plays brilliantly.
5: The only
2: chance Texas AM has is if Johnny Manziel's dad, you
3: know, tells Sabin that he'll give him a billion dollars of that old money, and maybe Sabin might take it. But I don't think Saban's that type of coach. But, no, that is a very big game in people's eyes to me. To me, even though I think it's going to be a lopsided affair, I think that's the number one game of the first four weeks. What game do you have?
1: Well, I think in games of the first four weeks, I look at game number one. I All mean, right, I look at the the Clemson Georgia game, and I think that has just as much hype and just as much. I mean, to be honest, I mean the Virginia Tech Alabama game means as much as the Texas A and M because I think when it comes down to it, neither of you and I think Texas A and M is going to be that great. So why is this? So why is this game so important? I mean, like, you know, it how is it different than Virginia Tech who may go eight and four if Texas A and M goes eight and four, Tarvin? That's my question to you.
2: Well,
3: I mean, Alabama is a, a powerhouse champion and they're going for four out of five. And and you have Texas A and M that was the hottest team in football last year with a Heisman Trophy winner and Mansell is a freshman. Clemson is known to choke. Georgia is known to choke. So really that being a big game, maybe I mean I mean it's a big game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, but the impact of the Alabama A&M game is bigger, in my opinion, because there's going to be more people watching in the nation. There's, everybody's going to be watching because Alabama will be undefeated and Texas A&M will be undefeated at that point, and they'll both be top probably three teams, top three or five teams in the country. So that's a big matchup. Clemson-Georgia is probably not even a top ten matchup, in my opinion, but you look at that those two, that's a top five matchup early, early in the year, a rematch game. So it's big to me, but in the, anyway, we won't keep going on to this. But Johnny Manziel, I think, will be ruled ineligible. Whether it will be two, four games, I don't know, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if I'm right, Trey. So uh, let's go on. Do you ready to talk some NFL real quick? Yeah, uh, let's let's start off with the NFL, Tom. Well, let's start off with the NFL, Trey. But before we do that, <laughs> I want to go to a commercial. We'll go to a commercial break real quick, and I think Johnny is calling. I'll be right back.
4: Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt? Well, ActionWare screen printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea, and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. ActionWare, where your design comes to life.
5: <clears throat> oh, we are back.
3: And the call-in number, if you would like to call in and weigh in on these topics, I don't want to go back on Mantell or A-Rod or anything right now. We're going to move forward with football, 646-716-5564. Trey, that's the call-in number. And tonight we're going to preview a very interesting division in the NFC, the NFC, NFC East, Trey.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: For those of who who have missed out, I mean, we've already made it. Uh, our two wild card predi- predictions that, that aren't coming out of this uh, NFC East. So we previewed all the other NFC divisions. Tarvin. So that means that you and I both think there's only one playoff team here. That's a little bit intriguing because I think we might be wrong. <laughs> so this, this division looks like it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty tight division again, Carvin. This one came down to the end last year as well. I think this is a two-team race
3: this year in this division. And I think those two teams at the top are going to separate themselves this year. And and let's start, Trey, with a team that is very interesting, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, A lot of turnover on this team. I mean, you have a new system. Chip Kelly came from Oregon to put his system in place. A lot of off-the-field issues already. Trey, give us your thought about the Eagles.
1: Is Chip Kelly a good enough coach in year one to make these Eagles competitive? Well, they're going to have some problems this year. I mean, they lost Jeremy Maclin. They lost the second receiver yesterday to an ACL injury. They lost a the linebacker to an ACL injury. Uh, unfortunately, the Eagles are, are not healthy right now. And given that this is a team with you know Riley Cooper and a lot of a lot of things going on internally, it's not a good time for you to have injuries as on top of internal strife in an organization, especially when you're learning an entire new system from an entire new group of coaches. So. The Philadelphia Eagles went 4-12 and last year. They still haven't named a starter, although there's an ESPN reporter who is reporting that Michael Vick will start game one, although you know Foles is going to get you know, starting reps along with the first team as well. But you have just a lot of things that are just completely up in the air about the Eagles, and I think they're going to struggle mightily this year. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think that they'll move the ball better than they did last year on offense. I still don't like their defense that much. They're still going to give up a ton of yards, Tarvin. They're going to get outscored. They're going to be able to get in some scoring matches this year, Tarvin, but I still really, really worry about not only the quarterback play, and whether it's Vic, whether it's Foles, I think you're going to see a lot of turnovers at that position.
3: Yeah, I think Michael Vick, I mean, this this is a a perfect opportunity for him to come out and, and be the leader of this team. So far I haven't seen it. But I think he's going to get hit too much with this offensive line. That's terrible. The defense is is pathetic. And Andy Reid was a great coach and everything, but it was time for him to go. But I just don't see this working right now in the NFL. This type of offense. I don't. I need to see something besides Nick Foles as a quarterback in discussion right now. He's not a good quarterback for this system. Maybe Dennis Dixon. Trey. Have you have you heard anything about Dennis Dixon? Maybe possibly uh, fighting for a quarterback position here.
1: No, I don't think he's fighting for the number one spot. I mean, he might be fighting for a roster spot, but I mean, I don't. I mean, it's, it's going to be Foles. It's going to be Vic. I mean, both of those guys move. They can have arms.
4: I mean, they, they kind
1: of are guys that would be intriguing for for you know this offense. But you know, when we see a lot of turnovers, and you know, you got to give Foles a lot of credit uh, in, in in his development. But he's still a quarterback who hasn't seen a lot of game time. So if he's the guy, they're going to see a lot of growing pain Still, I mean, he's not. He's not going to be the guy who comes in and, you know, doesn't throw 15 interceptions. It's just not it's just not starting a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, look what Andrew Luck did. And he was in the playoff quarterback last year. So, you know, Poles is going to have some growing pains. I mean, he played some, but he hasn't had a full season up under him. And if he's back behind Michael Vick, I mean, this offense isn't going to be a whole lot better.
3: Tell us about Matt Barkley. What's your thoughts?
1: are? Why even
3: draft Matt Barkley here to to run this <laughs> offense, really?
1: I, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the chat room. Miklos says the Eagles will finish fourth. I think it's going to be kind of obvious. But um, yeah. I don't even know why they have Matt Barkley. I heard somebody on ESPN radio say that Matt Barkley was the quarterback of the future for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I wondered why that person was on the radio because Matt Barkley will never be. And, you know, <laughs> call me a hater if you want, chat room. But Matt Barkley is not a quality quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll ever be very good. Um So, I mean, you're you're right. I would even put Dennis Dixon over him in the depth chart because I just don't think Matt Barkley is the kind of guy who it would be smart to base your team's uh, franchise future on.
3: Well, Trey, we're going to take a caller real quick. 213 area code, you're only in sports. Who's this?
2: Brian, this is Querville. How are you this evening?
5: What's up, Jose?
2: (laughs) Not a whole lot, how are you? I haven't been called that in a long time. <laughs>
3: What's going on with you, buddy?
2: Oh, nothing. I just uh you guys are speaking my language right now. An NFL talk, so I had to call in and uh you know, just kinda give my thoughts as well. We already did the NFC East on our end, so I don't mind uh, you know, giving it out as far as this side is concerned. Wow. Well well, Querbo, I know I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know
3: you have the Eagles actually projected up there in the NFC. I, mean, I think you
2: have them winning it or finishing second, correct? I do. I do. I, I like them to uh, actually win this division, and a lot of people don't believe in that. I mean, and this, but this, you know what, though? This was before the whole, you know, Macklin getting hurt, Riley Cooper, um, you know, with the whole racial slur thing happening and that that all that stuff, you know, it was all before that happened, so.
5: All right, kind man. Cuervo, you're, you know, you're, you're the only person I know.
2: You're the only person
3: I know, Cuervo, that is picking the Eagles to win this division, man. Are you going to place a bet in Vegas maybe and get some good odds right now? Oh, um, you
2: know, I, I have to look into it. It sounds tempting. <laughs> it really does, but um, I just you know with with Macklin going down, Aurelius Ben going down, it's uh, it's going to be tough for them to be able to stay with this division. And you know a lot of people, a lot of people are you know, wondering why am I picking the the, the Eagles to win, and and then I'm crazy. You got to think about this. this. This is the biggest reason why. Okay. And I've been saying it on my show. You can go back to the archives, and Brian, you've heard me say this before. I think the biggest thing for the Eagles was the fact that they just they needed a change. You know, Andy Reid was there for longer than he probably should have been at the at head coach, and I just think the Eagles needed a, a you know change in the environment. And you know, because this team this team has a lot of talent, believe it or not. And a lot of people don't see it. However, this team has a lot of talent, and I think just the change going from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly is going to bring that talent back out. So that's why I like uh, the Eagles, and they're not going to win by a landslide. They're not going to go thirteen and three. I, I I have them winning ten and six, winning the division at ten and six. I don't think anybody else does better than ten and six in this division. The, to me, this is. One of the best divisions from top to bottom, as far as the teams are concerned, and you know, a lot, a lot of people think that you know that I'm crazy for picking this, but I'm going to stick with it. I think Philly wins this division. Uh, I have them six and ten. Trey, what do you have?
1: I got them five at 11, Quero, and eleven. Cuervo, you know, you say they got a lot of talent. Uh, yeah, McCoy is talented. Yeah, Macklin's talented. But I mean, give me the talent past that. I mean, on defense, so where's it at? I don't. I, I can't name you know, two solid players on that defense I and mean, there's a couple of decent guys. And then, you know, Quervo, tell me about why I shouldn't be worried about the quarterback.
5: Well, I mean, I think,
2: I think there is concern. You know, there definitely is concern for that. I mean, and, and you know, I don't even necessarily think it's the quarterbacks themselves. It's the offensive line. It's the protection for the quarterback. That's, mm-hmm. you know, what is going to be the, the biggest concern in my opinion. Now, now as far as as far as I know guys, I haven't heard of any uh injuries on the offensive line for the Eagles yet so far. Um so as far as I know the, the offensive line that they should have had the past couple of years is there now. Cuz I know last year Peters went down. Uh the year before that I think they had somebody else go down, so I think finally this year is you know they they have they have they're at full strength as far as the offensive line is concerned. So I think that I think that's what Eagles fans and NFL people should be more concerned about than the actual quarterback.
3: So we are Trey and I are closer together than Cuervo. And let's look in the chat room, uh, Trey. A lot of people are, are with us in this. That doesn't mean we're right in this. Cuervo must feel something or know something. So the Eagles will be a definite team that we're going to be looking at to see. But at Cuervo, if I felt like that, I would put a little cash on it, trust me. But the, the team I like to finish third in this division is the Washington Redskins. I think they're they're a little better than the Eagles. I think they, they have more, less questions. I'll put it that way, Trey. But looking at this Redskins team, it's all about RG3 and, and will he be able to perform and stay healthy. And that's something I don't think is going to happen.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think you bring up a really good point. But one of the things that you got to keep up with, and really you know look at from last year is even when RG three was out of the out of the game, they have what I would argue is the most talented backup in the NFL and Kirk Cousins. Um, so Tarvin, I think that even if he starts say on the bench and they want to put Cousins in for a couple of games, I think they're going to be okay. I, I I disagree with you that the, where Redskins will finish third in this division. Well, I don't have – I mean, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback, in my opinion,
3: that can come in and be a backup and, and win a game or two for you. But RG3 is the leader of this team. And he was a rookie last year, and he deserves to be the leader. What he's accomplished, he's an injury-prone quarterback, Wherebo, I'm not high on him this season. I think he takes a big step back. And I think the the Redskins finished third in this division. I just don't think they have enough to overcome this division. Like you said, it's one of the most competitive divisions, and you have the Giants, the Cowboys, still
1: here. Yeah, I mean that's true, Tarvin. But you know, I'm looking at the Redskins, and I look at say say RG3 for some reason, and isn't the freak of nature that he is in rehab? If you're keeping up with his rehab, he's well ahead of schedule. Their first game is at home against Philadelphia. I think Kirk Cousins wins that game, even if Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. They go on the road to Green Bay, so I'll give them a loss there. Then they got Detroit at home and Oakland on the road. I think they could easily win two or three of their first four, even with Kirk Cousins. So that's why I got the Redskins easily above finishing third in this, because I think RG3, week five for them is a bye. There's no way you have RG3 not, in, uh, not playing by that point. And I think him playing uh, means a world of difference. I mean, they've got Alfred Morris. They have some guys on defense who are still really strong. So, I think the Redskins overall are really good football team.
3: Cuervo, what are your thoughts on the Redskins and, and your favorite quarterback,
2: RG3? Oh, yeah, my favorite quarterback, Robert Griffin <laughs> III. I, you know, I I, I have another – I don't know if you want to call it crazy prediction, but I don't think RG3 plays more than 11 games this year. I, I say about 10 or 11. He's going to miss about five games. Uh, I just don't think the knee is ready. Um, you know, he's going to try. He's going to try it out in week one, and I just don't. I just don't think it's it's going to be strong enough yet. So he'll he'll probably re-injure it a little bit. Uh, it's not. I'm not hoping for that. I'm just saying I think that it could happen, and you know, he sits out probably, you know, going into their bye week. I'm not sure when the bye week is, but I would imagine it's probably, I don't know, probably week seven, week eight, maybe somewhere around there. But uh, I don't five. think he plays more than 10, 11 games.
3: Yeah, and he's, he's going to take a beating, guys. Yeah, his bye week is week five. But RG3 is a quarterback, very intelligent guy. He's not too intelligent like Sonia brought up in the chat room. Uh, texting Hooters waitresses right now, just getting married, I believe. Or, uh, but that, that's not smart of you, RG3, trust me. And uh, <laughs> But it, he he can't take a beating. And real quick, we're going to take a call. I don't like to keep people waiting. The 863 area code, your own way in sports. Who's this? Hey, this is uh, Grant calling from Atlanta. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you guys doing? Good, yeah, what's good. on your mind?
2: Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not a Redskins fan. I, I really don't like anybody in the East, but uh you know, you've got this entire talk
1: and I, I haven't heard Alfred Morris mentioned once. I mentioned it, Graham, you missed it. You missed it, Graham. I missed it, Graham. it, it must have been when I called.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Alfred Morris. Tell us about Alfred Morris, Graham, preach pre- the truth it is Alfred Morris. I mean, Alfred Morris is a beast. If
2: you if you look at last year's stats, he he was second uh in rushing yards, uh behind Adrian Peterson, which I mean you know, that's pretty respectable with 1,600 yards. Uh, When you look at RG3 coming back, they're going to be a little cautious with him. But they were actually saying the other day in camp that they want to get Alfred Morris, you know, more in the slot, and they want to pass to him a little bit more. Um, I I think it just opens up the offense a little bit more and takes the pressure off of RG3. Um, I look at them maybe going second in the division, uh, but not third. Yeah.
1: He's speaking. He's speaking the truth, Tarvin. I, I'm a, what a great call! Uh, what a great caller, Tarvin. I think you should listen to him because he's speaking the exact truth. I got Washington finished second in this division at nine and seven, with the possibility even when, when in ten games, they may left out of the playoffs. So, uh, I agree. Where well, Alfred Morris is a beast, they got some decent receivers now, Tarvin. And uh, I think RG3 is going to play and, and be healthy. I think. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, reminiscent of what we saw last well, year from Peterson yeah, coming back off the injury. Hey, I'm I'm
3: high on, I'm high on Morris, but nine and seven is exactly where I have the Redskins, and that's enough to finish third in this division. and And we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm not high on them to go much. This division's tough. The Giants will be back, and we'll talk about the Cowboys too. But uh, in, in, anything you want to talk about on the NFC before we move on to the next team? No, that's all I wanted to say. All right, great call, and we, and we appreciate you calling in. Thank you. And and let's move on real quick. I have the Redskins third. Querbeau, I didn't hear how many games you had um, uh winning. Uh,
2: for Washington, I'm going to say just below that. I'm going to say eight and eight, maybe even seven and nine, depending on how many games he actually does miss. But um, that's that's going to be. I, I think they go from first to last. I, I don't. I don't. I just don't see it.
3: Okay, I have a nine and seven. Trey has a nine and seven. Cuervo has them taking a step back. And just a quick update: the Braves have blown the game open here, six to three right now. in Washington going for number thirteen in a row. Since we're speaking of Washington, Trey, Trey, what is it with your love fest with this Washington thing, real quick? <laughs> I
1: don't think it's the love fest, I think, I think game respects game, and you know, I got a bunch. I got some games. You know, I look at RG3 and I see, I see nothing but game. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, I, I think the oh Rams are a talented, young team, Tarvin. I think that they are young in all the positions you need to be young and talented in. Uh, I, look at the, and then, yeah, I look at the Giants, and I see the opposite. They're a veteran team, which is good as well. Um, and, you know, that's, that's all well and good, Tarvin, but I just don't see them taking that big of a step back. I think they're going to win nine or ten games. I think RG3 is here to stay. And Alfred Morris is going to be a, a real-time, you know, legitimate back, I think Shanahan's gonna use him and you're gonna see about a six year really productive run out of him.
3: Well uh, I I agree with some of the things you said, but Cuervo, Trey saying he has game. Like I don't know about that man. I don't know about you that. Hey I, Trey said he has game like R G three. I've I've seen I've played sports with Trey. I've 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 out hit him, outplayed him, and and trust me, he doesn't have R G three game. <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know. I, I I don't know Trey like that, so I couldn't I couldn't give an honest opinion.
3: Yeah, his, his, his knees like RG three. That's about all Trey that <laughs> lift you have. And that's why that's why that's why Miklos said in the chat room there. I like that. Uh hey, yeah,
1: I think a cheap shot talk, like RG three did.
3: Real quick before we move on, I want to uh, thank everybody in the chat room right now. We have Corey Bird. I'm sure he'll call in in a few with the LSU. Chris Smelly's back. Graduated. He's ready to join us. Graham just called in, Jason Humphrey, Jason and Sonia Minson, Jonathan Miklos, Lacey Key, Paul Ewing, uh, Cuervo, of course, and Trey. So keep coming in. We en- we enjoy hearing from you, 646-716-5564. Six, 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 five, five, six, and the team, guys, I have finishing second in this division is led by Eli Manning, uh, not too shabby of a quarterback. But I think this is a year. The Giants have struggled here lately, guys, in trade. Looking at the Giants. Tell me what you think about them this year. I have a feeling you have them winning this division.
1: You know, I, I, I hate you right now. I can't believe that you're going to go with the Cowboys winning this division because I'm going with the Cowboys winning this division as well. You no, you're not. Third? Yeah, I am, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. I think the Giants are going to be very, very close. I think they're going to be nine, ten 10 wins as well. I agree with you that all three of these teams, but this division is going to come down to week 16, I think, just like it did last year. Uh, the Giants, I'm a little concerned about the loss of, of you and Nora, What Who's going to be the leader of that defense? I think offensively they're going to be pretty good, although Hakeem Nix is still kind of nagging injuries in the preseason. You know, they're, they're saying they're, they're just fine, but uh, they don't have the wide receiver depth uh, past Nix. Um, you know, with Victor Cruz on other side, he's a slot guy. They need, they need that number one, that deep threat. You know, and I think Eli Manning needs that. So, I think they're going to be just fine next year, nine or ten wins. They're going to be close. I just see, you know, also, I'm not so sure that, you know, David Wilson is ready to take over the starting range at running back. You know, I just just don't know about him either. 5'9", 205 guy. He's going to be splitting carries with Andre Brown from NC State. But, you know, Tarvin, I just don't know about, about the running back situation either for the Giants.
3: Well, I think Eli has a great year this year. I feel like he knows he has to pick it up a notch, and he's getting more mature, a little older. And one thing about a change, I think, about this team is Tom Coughlin being the coach. I think, I mean, he's a good coach, don't get me wrong, but I think they need some new blood in there, something to to motivate Eli and get this team back up. I do think the loss to O.C. is going to hurt him a little bit. But being in this division, just because I think they're better than the Eagles and Redskins, that's why I have them up here at second. I have them winning 10 games this year. Um, Will they make the playoffs? That's what we'll talk about in a minute, Quervo. I don't know what you think about the Giants losing OC. How you think they'll fare in this division?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's gonna hurt them. It's not gonna be a dramatic change, however. Uh they're not gonna get the pressure on quarterbacks like we're used to seeing. Um,
5: you
2: know, Justin Tuck I think is a little um overrated, I guess you could say overvalued. Um and not that he's a bad player, I just I just don't think he's gonna be that dominant force that that Giants fans want to see but I mean I've got a few reasons why I think the the Giants finished second in this division at nine and seven uh you know they could I mean first of all that's where they normally wind up anyways however I, I just you know the the loss of OC is de- you know this is definitely going to hurt this defense uh you know Dion Grant retires that was one of their starting safeties and um yeah, you know, I, I think I think you know something else too, and, and you know we see it all the time. And I'm not saying, and I have nothing against Victor Cruz. I just think, you know, with him getting his big payday, is he gonna is he gonna is he gonna be worth the money that the, that the Giants have invested in him with the extension that he got? I think it's a fair question to ask. You know, we see it all the time. Just like, and, I, and I'm sure you 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 you're gonna love to talk about. Your, your guy, Joe Flacco, Brian, whenever you guys break down the AFC North, <laughs> you're going to talk about how is he worth the money that the, the Ravens invested in him. It's a fair question. Whenever these guys get big paydays, you know, it doesn't always pan out as far as production.
3: Well, I can tell you this. Flacco's not taking HGH. At least I can give him that. Uh, <laughs> but that's about all I can tell you about Flacco. But But this Giants team – I mean, they're dangerous this year. Uh, I think they have some guys, Trey, that, that's going to come out and and show out this year.
2: Tom Coughlin, I just
3: need your opinion, real quick, Trey. What are your thoughts on him as the coach of the Giants, and how much longer do you see him there? I don't I don't see much life left in him. Uh, he's a
1: really good he's a really good coach. I don't think they're going to give him a whole lot of time because it's New York. But you know, the problem I have with New York, Tarvin, and we're going to know right off the bat how how this team is going to start because they go at Dallas. You know, so Dallas has its shot right off the bat to sort of establish, you know, themselves in this division. And then they they got Denver at home. They're at Carolina and at Kansas City. And a couple of those teams might be upstarts. So, you know, the Giants are going to have a, a tough time of it off the bat. And, you know, my big problem with the Giants is, is really, you know, not only what we talked about earlier, but, you know, just looking at their defense, I talked about, you know, really no stars. I and mean, they're starting, starting middle linebacker, a guy you need to get tackles from you know, got 30 tackles last year. I mean, so that's, you know, they're, are they going to stop the run? Are they going to have guys run all over them? This is a division with some decent running backs. And, you know, we talked about Alfred Morris. And so, I mean, that's my problem with the Giants, Tarvin. And that's why I think Tom Coughlin, this might be his last year there. And you know, I just think the Giants are going to finish third, uh, and it's going to be a disappointing year for them.
3: Well, okay, we, we have our predictions. I have them second. I think, Cuervo, you have them third as well, right? That's what you said. Just trying to keep it all straight here.
2: No, I I think the Giants I got the Giants uh finishing second.
0: Okay, okay. Well okay, we're we're in
3: the same ballpark then. But that leads us to to me, this team right here this year, they've been underachieving. They have so much talent on the defensive side of the ball, it's not even funny. And Tony Romo got paid. Tony Romo, does he deserve a trade? Does he not? That's a big question everybody keeps talking, but This Dallas team right now, I think, will win this division by a game or two. Probably a game. It's always a tight division. But this is the year Tony Romo gets them into the playoffs and actually wins the game. Trey, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, too. They have an awful lot of talent. And if you look at last season, if you look at how the season went, you can really judge their season by um, one player. And uh, and no one in the chat room is thinking of it uh, and – and they're saying, okay, it's got to be Tony Romo. It's got to be somebody on the offense. It's got to be Dez Bryant. I think it's Sean Lee. When they had Sean Lee in in the, in the game last year, he was a an, an ginormous playmaker. The guy in six games last year had 58 tackles and an INT. I think he took it to the house, too. So he was a difference maker. He was that playmaker. He was a guy who got just ten tackles a game. I mean, he was just putting up enormous um, – momentum swings on defense. And, and if he's back and he's healthy, I and mean, he looks like he's back and looks like he's healthy. I saw him running around in practice uh, the other day on TV. Uh, that's going to be the, the player who really helps establish that defense. And, you know, of course, we have Ware uh, front, Marcus Ware, who's, who looked 11 and a half sacks last year. He's going to be fine. You know, Claiborne at right corner, I like the, his progression. Uh-huh. So, you know, and then Brandon Carr. The trade for him. And how how good is he going to be this year? Opposite of Claiborne. So, I just think they just to way too much talent on defense. They're going to force a lot of turnovers. and They're going to put a lot of teams at fourth and long, or excuse me, third and long and force those turnovers. So, I think Dallas gets it done. This is their year.
3: Quervo, I have them eleven and five, and I can see them getting better. I really do like this team in the NFC this year, and and you know I've never been on the Cowboys high picking them. This is the year. I think that defense makes a big statement. And Romo actually has a good season. Cuervo, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys?
2: Uh, I've, as far as Dallas is concerned, guys, I've got them third, obviously, finishing at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I see a lot of not major concerns, but, you know, just some things to think about. First of all, uh, the defense, I think, has the talent to create a lot of turnovers. However, at the same time, I, I just think it's there's too much adjustment. Okay. They go from a three four, now there's gonna be now they're gonna be running a four three. And I think you're gonna see the effects of that in the first few weeks. You know, it's not easy to go from from you know, a three four to a four three. So I think that's gonna hurt them in the beginning, especially when they have to play teams like uh, you know, you guys mentioned I think Denver they played at the beginning, or was that the Giants? that was the Giants, I'm sorry um they they well they play the giants first week and then uh they have to play teams like you know they're playing Kansas City uh you know they got Denver week 5 and then they have uh Washington week 6 so i mean the you know Detroit New Orleans and the, there's going to be some tough games that they got to play before they get to their bye week and uh i just think i just think that's going to you know right there weeks 5 through 5 through 9 is what's going to really determine whether this team, you know, takes a step forward or not. And I just I just don't know if that defense is going to be able to adjust yet. And then again, you know, talking about contracts, Tony Romo gets his big payday. I just want to see if he actually goes out there and performs uh to the, you know, to the money that he that he got over the the summer. You know, is he going to get that money that he that he earned?
3: Well, uh, Trey, uh, Paul just says we're we're stupid here for picking the Cowboys. Man, what are your thoughts and, and words to Paul real quick? For some reason, he's a Cowboy
1: hater. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys have given us no reason to believe in them. But if anything in this division, it's been a very close division. And in a game or two, it uh, could have gone differently in the last season. The Cowboys, um, I think offensively, some of their problem was play calling last year. I think you're going to see some of that, some of that difference this year. Uh, you know, Des Bryant you know, is a real stud, and I think those of you who didn't watch him play, I and mean, he took over games last year. And if, if you can get Miles Austin or anybody else, anybody else, a warm body you can catch a pass on the other side, I mean, Des Bryant is going to be a huge playmaker. This guy is, I mean, getting better and better, and he's been fantastic. So, I mean, imagine having a receiver that good and getting that much better. Uh, for Tony Romo, who is a pretty good quarterback. You look at his stats, Tarvin. I mean, he's like top five almost every year. People don't realize that uh, because of just some of the bad PR he gets.
3: All right. Well, well, Paul in the chat room says he likes the Redskins to win it. And I think that's a bigger stretch than the Cowboys, Trey, if I'm just sitting here thinking about it. But you never know. That's why it's preseason predictions. But what did you think about the – Hall of Fame game on Sunday night, if you got a chance to look at some highlights or anything.
1: What did you think about Dallas' performance? Well, I actually watched some of it. I mean, you, you saw, and I think, the first team defense, uh, for what little they played, they looked good. It, you saw a bunch of – in the second half, it was you know, guys trying to make the team, and it you know got a little bit crazy and a little less interesting. But I think the first half you know, sort of confirmed what you and I are thinking. It looked really good against the Dolphins. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I know it's the first game and all this stuff, but guys, I'm telling you, this is the year. If you'd like to t- to put bets on that, Trey is here to to take any bet you have, no matter the amount of money. Just send me the, the the dollar amount, and Trey will honor it. Correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tarvin's got a PayPal account that he will pay all my debts for me personally. I <laughs> so. yeah, do. I got about ninety cents. So,
3: guys, if y'all want to bet ninety cents, let me know. And, and we'll get it all right now. Paul, we'll talk later. You can you can talk at Smoke somewhere else. But real quick, we're going to take a break. And, Trey, I'm going to take a quick break after this commercial, just a minute, to take over. Uh, we're going to be heading into college football, so we'll be right back.
4: Family reunions, school names, Sports logos, custom designs. Actionware screen printing will do all of that on whatever you want. Hats, shirts, shorts, pants, and much, much more. Embroidery, printing, decals, it doesn't matter. Just give us the idea, we'll make it happen. For more information, contact us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life.
1: All right, guys, we're back. Uh, now that uh, we've gotten folks saying how crazy we are with our predictions, that wraps up our NFC predictions. Uh, Paul, if you want to put those out on Way in Sports on our uh, our Facebook page. Uh, we'll we'll make sure you guys see who we think are going to make the playoffs in the NFC, uh, who we think are going to be all the division winners. So Paul, will get that out there for us on our uh, our Facebook page. But we're gonna move on, guys. We talked. We have two teams mean, um, in, in college, we're going to talk about tonight, one of them made the national championship game and did not look too great last year. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Quinn, one of our listeners, his loyal team, or at least one of them. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, last year, uh, Notre Dame sort of surprised us. Tarvin, I don't know if you're back, but they finished 12-1. and 1, and They escaped, escaped sort of every game they seemed to win but they weren't supposed to. So, Tarvin, tell us about what your thoughts are going into this season and you know, losing their quarterback. Well honestly I think Notre Dame
3: is a little better than last year. The thing is, last year they squeaked by some games that you know they shouldn't they they shouldn't have won. Everybody out there knows they shouldn't have won. A real Notre Dame fan will tell you they should have lost that uh Pittsburgh game. Uh that interference call really still chapped me thinking about it. Who who's about Stanford? That was a touchdown I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean they should have lost four games last year. And I think this team's better this year coming up. Uh, I really do think it's better. I think uh the coaching staff is getting their, their system, the players are buying into it. But looking at Notre Dame trade, they they always have a pretty tough schedule if you look at it on paper. But last year when you looked at their schedule, they were very lucky uh for that schedule and actually go undefeated. So I don't think they're gonna I think they're gonna take a step back this year just because they overachieved last year, but I still think they're better.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're better at all. I mean, at quarterback, I think they are going to be tremendously worse. Uh, you know, losing your, your talented quarterback. I know they think they have a guy in, in the waiting and a true freshman, but I'm not. I'm not so sure, Tarvin. I'm just not so sure about this team at all. Um, I'm looking at them. I think you know, if it wasn't for the fact that and they do play a pretty decent schedule, it might be easier. But they go on the road, and if you look at a lot of the teams that we've been previewing, almost every single team we've previewed. Have not had a road game until like week four. I mean, all of them. Uh, some of them have neutral neutral site. Some of them have. You know, a lot of teams come into their house, but Notre Dame's different. They have two of their first three on the road, and that's a difference maker for a team that's learning its identity with a new starting quarterback. I mean, so yeah, they can kind of figure things out against the Temple Owls well, on August thirty well, first. Well, you say is you say
3: he's new. You say he's new, but actually, he's not new. You know, he played. He played a lot actually, hasn't he?
1: Well, I, I'm not sure he's even going to be the starter. And right? Tommy Reese, I mean, I think they may go with a true freshman, I guess is what I'm getting at. I'm not sure Tommy Reese is going to be the guy that long because I think when it comes down to it, the guy is, is just not not going to be the guy they're going to rely on when it comes down to these tough games. I think you might see a change by week two in Michigan.
3: Well, Trey Graham said in the chat room that we should get Lou Holtz on this show. He'll take him to go undefeated. I have one better. <laughs> I have Quinn Quinn Thomas. The, the new Lou Holes, he'll pick them to go undefeated too. So maybe we can get one of them on here tonight. <laughs> but I, I think they go with the senior. Reeves. I think they have to go with the senior here. Especially if you lose your quarterback, you need some kind of leadership. This team's not bad. I mean, they're they're actually the offensive line's good. Their defense is is still good. The defensive mm-hmm. line they lost they lost Theo, but I mean, really, who cares? But let's let, let, let's go ahead and start looking at this schedule. Coming back, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's not it's not easy. But you start off at Temple at home, Trey. I I don't think that's really a threat to Notre Dame right now. I don't know about you, but I think this is uh, an easy win for them to start off the season.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to spend much time on the Temple game. That's what I said. They're going to figure things out in week one. I, mean, I think they're going to look good. The fans are going to think, hey, we're we're still back. Um, and there's not going to nobody's going to have you know cause for concern until week two. Yeah, week two is is the game. I mean, wow,
3: at Michigan that early in the season. I mean, think about it, Trey. They lose that game. There's no possibility of a national championship for Notre Dame. They're out of the conversation. Especially, I think they're out of it anyway after getting steamrolled in the Orange Bowl last year against Alabama. But Michigan going on the road there. I think Michigan rolls all over these guys. I don't think I don't think Notre Dame has the offense really to go on the road and, and, and compete for four quarters against this team. I think Michigan's back this year, they're gonna be good. I think Michigan takes care of business September seventh. Notre Dame starts one and one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean Michigan's got eleven starters. We've already talked about their schedule, so it's really not a surprise that you and I are picking Michigan at home. I think Notre Dame's gonna have a tough a tough road of it here. I mean, like I said, there's not a lot of teams that are starting off with a you know a team on the road uh and Michigan's gonna be in the top ten. Um yeah, you know, this is a tough game for Notre Dame, I and mean, they're going to lose the Tarvans. I, I, I don't even know if it's going to be that close.
3: Yeah, this is Michigan's time to. They know what they have to do this year. Ohio State's in their conference; they need all the love they can get, especially after the way they started off last year against Alabama. They need some kind of momentum. So Michigan's going to be out to prove a point early. We agree. Notre Dame's one and one, and that takes us to Purdue on the road the next week, September fourteenth. I don't know about this one. I like Notre Dame uh, just because I don't have much faith in Purdue. I don't, I don't think they're a very good team at all. So I like Notre Dame to take care of business in this in-state rivalry.
1: Yeah, I mean, Purdue was 6-6 six and six going into the bowl game last year, and they lost that game. They had 13 starters on, uh, from the back, eight are on defense. They're going to be better on defense than they were last year in this game. I mean, Purdue um, last year, yeah, know, they lost by three. This is a very close game, so now I have them at home. I think it's going to be another tight game, Purdue's going to keep it close, but I think Notre Dame should win this game, Carmen.
3: Yep, so that's 2-1 and one for the Irish. I'm sure Quinn has them 3-0 and oh right now. And this is where it starts getting tricky. I mean, this is a tough stretch. At home, September 21st against Michigan State, Trey. I know that's one of your teams you like. You went to school at Michigan State. Any chance Michigan State can kind of rebound from last year, come into Notre Dame here, and, and give them a game?
1: Yeah, Michigan State's going to be better than they were last year, and what that means, I don't know yet. I mean, I haven't. We we're not going I don't think we're going to we'll get to breaking them down. I don't think they're there yet. But I mean, this is a team. I think it's going to be improved. So I think they're going to have a chance here. And you know, Tar, I think I just don't know much about. Them about, I guess, that Notre Dame defense, if they're going to be as good as they were last year and they'll win this game, but I just don't think they are. So I'm going to pick Michigan State in an upset, in a low-scoring upset.
3: Okay. You like, you like Michigan State in this one. I'm going to say not so fast, my friend here. I think Notre Dame, you know, they get a two-in-a-row game winning streak coming up. I don't think Michigan State has enough offense, really. And I do think Notre Dame's defense is good. Especially being at home, I think they're starting to gel a little bit. I like them over the Spartans early in the season. So I have them three and, don't, and don't one. You
1: have them? Yeah, sorry. i have two and two, Tarvin. Yeah, don't forget, Michigan State's got nine returning on offense. That's all I'm saying, Tarvin. You're even better. All right. hey, I'm not
3: doubting you, man. I'm just going against you here. And, and this <laughs> this next game, this next game though, is is interesting. I circle this one because I just like it. September 28th, Oklahoma comes into Norman. All right, excuse me. Into Notre Dame, South End after getting blown out in Norman last year uh, by Notre Dame. Any chance Oklahoma can come back with a new quarterback and actually beat Notre Dame on the road, Trey? Yeah, I mean,
1: I'll tell you that Oklahoma. You now we already predicted the the Big Twelve, and you, I think neither one of us had Oklahoma winning that conference. So we, I know we didn't predict winners, but I don't think either one of us do. But I, I just. I'll tell you what, I'm going to pick Notre Dame at home in this game. I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to be up and down this year. I just don't think Oklahoma is going to be uh, a whole lot improved than they were last year. They were 10-3 last year, but you know they they got beat pretty handily by Notre Dame last year, so I'm, I'm going to keep Notre Dame winning this game.
3: Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Oklahoma is going to come in. Big Bell's going to get rolling. That offense is going to get going. They have payback on their mind. I think Stoops will rebound this team and, and make sure they understand the importance of it. They go into South Bend and pull the
1: upset off, Trey. You heard
3: it here first.
1: Hey, well, we're splitting, carbon. We still, But oddly enough, guess what? We still have them the exact same record.
3: All right, Matt. See, it's all about the end result. It doesn't matter how you get there, right?
5: Yeah,
1: well, yeah that rolls for Notre Dame into a Pac-12 opponent. They're going to play this game in Arlington, Texas. Uh, it's Arizona State and the Sun Devils. I mean, I, I don't know who's going to have a home-field advantage here. This game will be on NBC, so I guess technically at the Notre Dame home games. Tarvin, what do you think about the Sun Devils chant? Well, I mean,
3: I like it in a way. I, I think the Notre Dame has the home-field advantage. There's so many Notre Dame fans that that are all over this country that will go you know, watch Notre Dame play, but Arizona State's one of those teams. You know, they have some some talent on that team. They have some stars in certain positions. I like. I don't know about Arizona State beating Notre Dame, but I think it's going to be a close one. I like Notre Dame by a field goal in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to be three. They're going to be four and two after this game. I think it'll be close, but the Irish will get by and get to that open date on the twelfth of October. We both have them at four and two.
3: Okay. All right, Warren two. We're gonna let Jonathan come on in a minute and tell tell his predictions real quick. But that's an open date, October twelfth. They're open in this one, and then October nineteenth, the big game. Southern California comes in. Usually, this game's later in the season, Trey, and it's moved up to, <laughs> <clears throat> to to in the middle. Give us give us your your thoughts on a new quarterback for Southern Cal coming with Lane Kiffin into Notre Dame after
1: losing in the Coliseum last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is another one of those ones. This Notre Dame schedule has got me flip flopping all over the place. When because I just don't think Notre Dame is going to be all that consistent this year. I think USC is going to have a really good quarterback play this year. I'm still not so I'm still concerned about their defense, but I, I just don't think USC is going to have to worry so much about the Notre Dame offense this year.
5: I think you know we
1: saw what we saw last year in this game. Uh, you know, when talking about the USC game at the end of the season. You know, it was a, USC couldn't even move the ball. It was a 22 to 13 game. USC's offense looked terrible. Uh, the Notre Dame defense looked good. So I think we're going to see our role reversal. I think uh, I think USC is going to win this game, Notre Dame. I think I picked the opposite way, so I'm flipping my pick. I'm going to go with USC. I like, I like USC in
3: this game too. Too much talent on Southern Cal. They're not deep. That's one thing I look at Southern Cal. Their depth issues, but. This time of the season, I think they actually get it clicking. I mean, look at the receivers they have, the running back. They have the talent of you know, their first team and some of their second. I think it's enough to get some payback on Notre Dame. I like Southern Cal to go across the country and win this game. And, and, Trey, we agree, October 26th at Air Force. This could be tricky.
1: Well, <laughs> no.
5: <laughs> I, I, I love
1: uh, I'd love for for Air Force to get them, but this is a you know three returning starters on offense at an at an academy, and that's just not going to win a lot of football games. So, and um, let's just let's just go ahead and put two ends on the board. Um, Navy will be tougher, carbon than Air Force will be, but I think they're going to get they'll get to I
3: was trying to set you up right there. You didn't fall for it like you try to do me sometimes. So yeah, I agree. Those two games easy wins, and this is kind of the payback game November 9th at Pitt. You know, Pitt beat Notre Dame last year, but the uh, the officials for Notre Dame that game, in my opinion, gave them the win. Any chance Pitt can can rebound and come in with some revenge on their minds and get a big W here?
1: Actually, I think it's possible. I don't think it will happen, but, I mean, I just don't think Pitt um, took any step forward this year, and I think they're going to be just as bad as they were last year. So I think uh, Pitt will lose this game, Carvin. So I think Notre Dame's still with three losses to this point in my book. Okay. Me too. I, I'm with you. And then another open
3: day for Notre Dame. And then, it, I mean, BYU comes into town, and BYU's known to play defense. And I think this game fits right into Notre Dame style. I think I think it's going to be an ugly game. If you watch these two teams play, I think it's going to be kind of ugly and boring, but I think Notre Dame ends up beating them by a touchdown late.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Notre Dame, I got the exact same thing. And BYU second year in a row traveling to Notre Dame. Last year it was a still-goal game. I think this year will be a still-goal game. Notre Dame skates by this game. Uh, but this is a trap game because they got Stanford after this. So I think Notre Dame is going to be looking a little bit ahead, and that's going to hurt them in this game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see why you snuck up on them, but uh, I'm going to stick with, uh, stick with Notre, Notre Dame in this game for right now.
3: Well, I mean, you know, Notre Dame beat Stanford last year and in a questionable way. It was a very, very competitive game, but at the end of the year, Notre Dame didn't have a chance to beat a Stanford team that was clicking at that time. On the road in California, Trey, November 30th, Give us your thoughts here. Any
1: chance Notre Dame goes in and beats Stanford? This could be a big game. Yeah, I think Stanford gets a lot of revenge. I think Stanford's pretty mad about this game from last year. I think Stanford's going to win this game running away with it. I think 8-4 for Notre Dame is going to be what's going to happen in the regular season.
3: Hey, I'm with you right there. 8-4 for Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think they're going to go on the road after looking at it, just researching it a little bit. And I know we're going to bring Jonathan on real quick to – Get a little static to get his thoughts on this Notre Dame schedule. Real quick, Jonathan, give us your thoughts on this Notre Dame schedule. Do you
2: think it's tough? Uh,
0: I think their schedule is extremely tough, and I think um, I think their their lack of depth at wide receivers is what's going to hurt them more than anything with uh, Tommy Reese, who was supposed to be the starter last year, got arrested at the party. He actually came in and saved them against Purdue. Notre Dame's schedule is just brutal, though. Uh I, I don't see how uh they win a- anywhere near uh eight games to be honest with you, because you're at Michigan, you got Oklahoma, Arizona State and Arlington, I you know, USC, Stanford we got revenge games in BYU, Pittsburgh, Purdue. It's just too tough. And I don't think uh Notre Dame's gonna have that luck of the Irish two years in a row.
1: No.
3: That's a lot of luck. Tell us about the defense real quick. What are your thoughts on losing Teo? I mean, is this team going to be okay defensively losing
0: some of these guys? Well, the defense returns eight starters, which is great, especially on the defensive line with uh, nose guard Louis Nix Third, and defensive end Stephon it. Both those guys are pretty solid defensive linemen. Uh, we saw in the, in the championship game, though, that they can get swallowed up, so they're going to have to work on that, but they're both pretty solid. Uh, they return both are outside linebackers, and they're going to bring in a junior by the name of Jarrett Great to start in the middle. It's going to be interesting to see how Jarrett does. Their secondary returns three stars, including both corners. So the Notre Dame defense needs to be solid, but the offense is, is where the trouble is going to be, guys. It's skill position. They have nothing left than the skill position.
3: Okay. Well, that's some interesting stuff. Trey, I mean, I, I didn't hear your record, Jonathan. When did you have him finishing? Their final record? Six and six. Six and six. Six and six. Trey, that's a big drop-off considering they were 12-0 and 0 last year going into the national championship game. But I think it could happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I think uh, Johnson's got some points. I mean, we don't know what some of these position battles are going to happen I and mean, if any of these guys progress in Notre Dame. They certainly have the chips on, you know, on their team, the talent-wise. It should be there. But, I mean, the schedule is very tough. It's going to be a very tough schedule for them. Um, and some of these games that uh, you know I was very close on picking them to lose, uh, they mm. easily could. I mean, Oklahoma I picked to win, but I mean they could be lot. Let's not about it.
3: Well, Tino just just came in, sent me a message and said that uh, Notre Dame's schedule is going to be very very tough. He's going to call in in a little while and maybe talk about it. But look, I I picked Notre Dame with eight wins. One of the reasons I fear getting hate mail from Quinn every day about it. So I have to give him a little respect, guys and. And, Jonathan, man, thanks for the call. Stay on. And, and, Trey, eight and four is respectable, especially since last year. They got trounced 42-14 to 14 in that game. I think losing their quarterback, I think they'll be very happy to finish, really, with that. Will eight wins be enough to get a Notre Dame team into a BCS Bowl? I mean, you know everybody <laughs> loves them.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, they'll probably be in the Sugar Bowl for sure when they win. Like they, you know, but, no, it shouldn't be, no. They should not be anywhere near a BCS
6: game this year.
3: Yeah, well – Bradley's talking trash in the in the chat room there. I like that. So uh, let's move on to a team that, good Lord, you just don't know what's going to happen with these guys. We're going to the SEC West right now, the LSU Tigers, and, and I think Corey Bird's going to call in for this one and, and discuss it since we put it off a week for him. But LSU, Trey, it's one of those teams that, that really you're not hearing much about in preseason predictions, really, Right now, you're hearing about Alabama and the SEC West, and LSU just kind of being quiet, which kind of scares me a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, the only thing you're hearing about LSU has been, you know, why is their starting running back Hill still in the game? A lot of people think that he should be suspended. A lot of people have very, um, you know, I guess strong positions on his eligibility. But uh, the thing is, is right now, he's, he's, you know, a really great running back. that's coming off a really great first season. Uh, and he's back, and he's in a play, and that, that means a lot of difference for LSU, and that's one of the stories that I've been doing for LSU, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't heard, you know, about the new offensive coordinator at LSU, which, oh, by the way, could mean a lot of difference, starting Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, I'm, I'm confused about it. First of all, I want to say about the running back. Look, I mean, he's a kid – Kids make mistakes. If Les Miles chooses to bring him back on the team, I, I, I trust his, his decision in doing it. One problem I do have with the way he did it is he let the team vote. And I really don't think you. this has got anything to do with the team really making the decision. You're the head coach. You need to make the decision what's best for your team. What do you think about the way he handled that
2: situation, Billy?
1: Well, I mean, here's okay. So, you know, for those of you who don't have kids, this is for maybe even seem like a like a bit of a stupid, you know, comment. But say you have three kids and you, you catch you catch them all with their hand in the cookie jar, and then are you let them vote to see if they should get in trouble for it? I mean, no. I and mean, of course, players are going to vote to keep themselves out of trouble because they may be doing the exact same thing or something very similar, and they're going to want the break later. So. You know, Les Miles has to be the authoritative, authoritative person on this team. It's his team. You know, I mean, the, yeah. for him letting the players vote on it, it just makes no sense to me, Charvin.
5: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't
3: like that at all, and and I think you're the man. I don't think Nick Saban would let anybody vote on it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I don't think that would happen. I don't think. I don't think Will Muschamp would let, would let anybody vote on it. But, hey, that's just me. I don't mind the kid coming back. He's a great athlete. Does he deserve to get kicked off the team? I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Jeremy Hill is a is a very good running back, but these guys have running back coming everywhere out of their lineup. These guys are deep at that position. But one thing that concerns me a little bit, Trey, about this team is they lost a lot on defense. But losing the game against Clemson. In the Chick Fil A Bowl last year, I think it took something away from this team.
1: Well, I mean, it's either going to motivate them for this year, or it's going to be sort of a you know a taste for things to come. And really, it's I, I think their season turns around on their new offensive game plan, and whether you know, and whether Zach Mettenberger has some sort of epiphany. I mean, the guy apparently has a lot of talent. We saw a brief respite of it last year, but we also saw a lot of really terrible Mettenberger play. And so the question comes down is, is is there something that snaps for him this year with a new offensive coordinator that he takes a step forward?
3: Yeah, looking at Notre Dame, or excuse me, LSU, I'm sorry. We've been talking about Notre Dame a lot. LSU last year. I mean, they showed the one game they played great in was the Alabama game. They Alabama took it away from them at the end. But but when I look at LSU, they almost lost to to uh, Ole Miss. They almost lost to a three and nine Auburn team. Trey, I was there, and it was a dogfight. If Auburn would have had any kind of quarterback play, they would have won that game, and maybe it ended in a better season. But I don't know about LSU with with Mettenberger at the quarterback position. Did he grow up, in your opinion, after the Alabama game? But it just seemed to me he was so inconsistent. Losing to Clemson uh, really hurt him, really hurt LSU and and their swagger. And it's hard to replace these defensive players with experience. I mean, they have talent, but what about the experience on the defensive side of the ball? That's one thing that concerns me,
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they got played very close by a lot of teams they shouldn't have been. I mean, remember, I mean, if you remember right after the Auburn game, the Towson Tigers gave them a, a quite a bit, quite a game themselves in a 38-22 game. <laughs> and believe me, if you're an SEC powerhouse school, you should have no team called the Towson Tigers playing you that close. Maybe the Auburn Tigers, but not the Towson Tigers. I mean, they had, they played a lot of Tigers last year is, is the point with LSU, I guess. But, um you know, I mean, they also played, you know, Arkansas played them very close at the end of the year. You know, Ole Mess game was very close. So, you know, this game, it's really hard to understand this team. I mean, they beat Texas a and M. I mean, let's not forget, the last year tournament, they beat A&M on the road at Kyle Field. I mean, they're, they're the ones who took Johnny Manziel. So, I mean, they can play very good football, but, it, you know, all the losses on defense. Is Mettenberger better? You know, does the offensive coordinator – does he really help them as much as as much as people say that he does? I don't know. I mean, these are all questions for LSU. I'd be interested to know what our LSU fans think. think I'm going to bring Corey on in a minute once we get
3: started a little bit. Man, looking at the first game of this season, I mean, this is one of those high-profile games. It's, it's being played in Dallas, Jerry's World. I mean, this is a big-time event for them. TCU is the team this time. A couple years ago it was Oregon. And you saw how LSU rose up against a non-conference team, really, and just showed how strong they were. But this game, if you're an LSU fan, you have to be a little worried, don't you, or concerned, Trey? I mean, TCU looks like they're heading in the right direction now, and what a way for Gary Patterson to make a statement in the Big 12 by knocking off LSU in this first game.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, nine returning starters on defense, six on offense. But, I mean, uh, not included in those six is the quarterback who was, you know, kicked off the team last year and was back for TCU. And they were in an entirely different ball club when he was on the field. And so, you know, Tarvin, i got to think that TCU is going to be very competitive in this game um, just because Pascal's back. And that, that for no other reason, Gary Patterson was a quarterback that he liked. And he's very talented on the field.
5: Yeah,
3: this is a game that I'm going to pick just the talent, of LSU to come in here and and take control of this game. I think it's going to be close. This is the first game of the year. You don't know what to expect, but I'm going to take less Miles in this game. I don't like him as a coach, really, but I think he'll motivate these guys, and LSU likes to play in big games. If you notice, last year when they played Alabama at home... Um, uh, they were a huge underdog at home, and, and I think Corey's not in the queue anymore. I don't see him. Corey, if you can call back in, that'll be great. Bud. Uh, but just looking at it, Trey, I think they play good when the spotlight's on them. And this is a huge profile game, high-profile game, and, and I'm ready to see what's going to happen. I like LSU to get it done, and here's Corey on the line. He must have got disconnected. Corey, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good. How you been? I'm oh, doing good. Good to hear from you. And just want your thoughts real quick on this first game. Uh, I like LSU to take care of PCU in this opener. What are your thoughts?
5: I think is going to win. But I'm more concerned with the defensive end than I am anything else. Going into this game. Why that? Because replacing Mingo and Montgomery, is a very tall task.
3: Yeah, that's that's what I said. It's like you have talent on that team, and and losing that experience and talent is going to hurt a little bit. But but maybe I'm wrong, Trey. And when I look at LSU, I don't see the the dominant recruiting that they've had in years past in the last couple. Do you?
1: Well, I mean, on defense, I think there is some concern that they that they may not have the guys in the stable to replace some of these first round picks they had. And I think that's what Corey's sort of alluding to is that. You know, maybe LSU isn't able to reload as fast as years before. It may take them another year to get there on defense. And if without that defense, without that stifling turnover, you know, forcing defense, you know, can can they win those close games that they were, you know, so so many of those games last year that were so close? You know, are the outcomes going to be different this year because that defense isn't as good?
3: Okay. Well, who are you picking, Trey?
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Tarvin, when it comes down to it, I can't pick TCU right now. I agree with you uh, that thus the talent and recruiting alone should give LSU this victory. But I, I'll tell you, I would not be surprised if TCU came out and won this game. I and mean, this should be a home game for TCU. It's in Arlington. Uh, so this should be a mostly TCU crowd. TCU is a, a Dallas team, Arlington is a suburb of Dallas. So. This should be a game that TCU is able to get loud. So we'll have to see.
5: All right. Well, cool. We, we all
1: like LSU in this
3: one, and we're going to skip past UAB. I know Nick Saban's not coaching at LSU this year, so I think UAB or LSU safe in this one. UAB won't get them this year. But Kent State, the third week, that's not going to be a game. And, and that takes us to their, their first SEC game, September 21st, Trey. They host Auburn. Um you know, they beat TCU, and they have two weeks, to, or really three weeks, to prepare for this
1: game. Any shot Auburn can come in and make this a close game?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, Auburn
1: and LSU play each other close, pardon So, I mean, yeah, I think, it, I think it'll be close, uh, closer. Uh, I don't think it'll be closer than last year, I mean, where it's a two-point game. But I think this is going to be a competitive game. But I think LSU will get their first SEC victory um, at their version of the entire stadium in Baton Rouge
3: well, this is a game and I've I've watched Auburn L S U for years and years and and guys I know that Auburn does struggle in Baton Rouge. That's one thing I do know. I mean, it's usually not close. And but this team when you have if you look at last year's team, LSU, I think they're they're better. I'm getting a lot of background noise, guys. Somebody needs to check their phone, please. I don't know who it is. I think it's Corey. I'm gonna mute you until I bring you back on. But but when I look at Trey, when I look at this game and analyze it, is not as good as they were last year and Auburn's probably gonna be a lot better than three and nine with Gus Malzombat. This is gonna be a close game. I mean, it could go either way. I don't think L S U's got enough offense to really take this game over and blow Auburn out. And I don't think Auburn's offense right now this early in the season is gonna be good enough just to, to run on LSU and, and have their way. This is gonna be a dog fight here and uh, I just think it's going to be a big dogfight in this game. I'm going to pick LSU to barely get by at home in this one, but don't be surprised if Auburn comes in there and pulls an upset.
1: Well, I I think it'll be close, Tarvin. I think it'll be more than a two-point spread, which is what it was last year. But Auburn will make it competitive, and they're going to be a competitive football team this year. But uh, I I don't know if LSU is going to lose a home game to Auburn. All right,
3: Corey, you're the big LSU fan. Tell us your thoughts. Does Auburn
5: scare you coming into town? Uh, it's always been like knockdown dragouts in Tiger Stadium. Auburn to serve me with Gus Malzahn coming back. Who knows?
6: Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good Tiger, point.
5: That, I
6: don't yeah, know Trey, I well,
3: do. Trey, he said, he said, who knows, man. I'm I'm having trouble, Corey, hearing your phone. If you can check it, I'm having trouble hearing you, actually. But Trey,
5: this has
3: a – I'm going to have to mute a couple of people, guys. Check your phones, please. Um, there's a lot of static coming out of it. But right now, LSU, just looking at it, the Auburn Tigers come in. And it's going to be an interesting game. Last year's game was so close that Auburn could have won it being a home and a night game. They should have won it, um, you know, but at the time we just weren't clicking. And I think that's the game that actually turned Auburn's season around and, and and took them towards a downward spiral. So this year it's early in the season. I think Auburn needs to come in and make sure they, they get it together if they're going to pull off a win. But it's hard to go into Baton Rouge and win this game. We don't know what time it's slated for, I don't believe. So we'll be keeping a close track on this one. And September 28th, Trey, this is, a, this is a game where they go to Athens. And and this is a tough SEC game right here. Finally, Georgia gets to
1: play somebody in the West. <laughs> yeah, Georgia finally has a decent draw this year, Tarvin. And, you know, I, I've seen you and I have predicted Georgia. We, we think they're going to have a struggling season. You know, I've seen a lot of people who think Georgia is going to be right up there for the SEC and possibly national championship contention because of their starting quarterback. And you know, I'm not so sure, Tarvin. I think LSU on the road actually beats Georgia. I just think Georgia's going to have a lot of problems. There were, you know, even though they had all those first rounders off that defense last year, they gave up gaping yards on the ground. And you know, with, with a guy as talented as Hill for the LSU offense. I think they're going to run all over Georgia, and, and this is going to be uh, a very big victory for Georgia. I mean, a very big, big victory against Georgia for LSU. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I'm going to bring Corey back on in a few – we're going to get that phone straight now so we can let him just recap with us that Georgia is not a team right now this early in the season trying to replace all those starters on defense. It's going to be able – you're right, Trey, to stop the run of LSU. I've seen some a lot of teams have success running the ball against Georgia – and now with those linebackers gone, those big names, it's going to be tough. I like LSU to, to get by Georgia. It's going to be a close one, though. I really do believe it's going to be close. So we have them both winning this one. And right now, LSU is undefeated. Yeah. October 5th at Starkville, Mississippi State. Dan Mullen trying to put together some kind of season to, to hopefully keep his job a little longer in Starkville. Trey, any chance Mississippi State with the Cowbells can get it going in order to beat LSU?
1: Now, I, am, I mean, MSU last year, Tarvin, you know, they had a really good start to the season and a really bad finish to it. Um you know, because they played nobody in the beginning. And once they had any real competition, they just got blown off the field left and right. It's going to be the same way this season. No difference. Uh, you know, the 8-5 season for Mississippi State last year, they're going to get beat by LSU. All right. We're still got them rolling. October
3: 12th, Florida comes in to Baton Rouge. I mean, this is a team last year, the Florida Gators. They kind of looked like LSU. They couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. But they had a very solid defense. And the difference is this year – Florida's defense is going to be very good. I think the offense is going to be improved. Is that enough, Trey, to to get a win in Baton Rouge?
1: This game has me scratching my head. I mean, last year, LSU uh, at Florida lost 14-6 to 6 in a very tight game. Uh, defense was the was the key for both teams. You know, it was one of those games that, I mean, some people get bored in, but there was just a lot of hitting, a lot of guys getting helmets knocked around. Um, I I go back and forth on this game, Tarvin, because I think it's going to go a little different. I think the defenses are going to give up more yards than they did last year in this matchup, and I think Florida is going to win this game um, on the road, Tarvin. I think Florida bites LSU and gets a little bit of redemption. I agree. I like Florida in this game, on the road
3: in Baton Rouge, and LSU doesn't lose much at home. But when they do, it could be a Gator in town. I don't know, but I think Florida overall has a better team, and and Muschamp's going to have those guys ready. I don't know. I just I feel weird about this one too. I'm back and forth. I like Florida to take care of business in this game and give LSU their first loss. I mean, you never know. LSU could have one before that, but, but you never know. And the next week trade could it be two in a row at Ole Miss on the road October nineteenth? I mean, this is a, this was a very competitive game last year. Ole Miss was in Baton Rouge and had it you know, had it won, and they took two or three sacks. I think it was two sacks yeah. to knock them out of field goal range. So I'm going to go ahead and say it before you do, just in case you steal my thunder, I like Ole Miss in this game to beat LSU.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it could happen. Ole Miss could take a, a – they could be a, a real team that takes a, uh, makes people really take notice of them. I mean, because they have a lot of guys who are really young, including true freshmen like, Laqu- like Laquan Treadwell, who, are, who have a chance to actually make some very large impacts uh, on the game. And so uh, Ole Miss could be even better than they were last year, and they gave Alabama and LSU some scares and some other teams too. So you know, Trevor, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to hold LSU
5: off. I don't, think,
1: I don't see them losing two in a row. Um, they're just too good of a football team. But, you know, you're right, man. This could be an upset. Yeah, well,
3: October 26th, I don't think we're going to have an upset. Furman comes into Baton Rouge. I think they're on a two-game skid here. I think they rebound heading into their bye week. I think you do, too. Which sets up a game November 9th at Alabama, Trey, and if anybody can beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, it just seems like LSU has that number, and vice versa. Alabama goes to LSU and wins. Give us your prediction on this one. I'm interested to see, can LSU beat Alabama (laughs) on the road here
1: November 9th? Yeah, I mean, you know, LSU has an open date before this, which it which really helps LSU because they get a chance to focus on the Crimson Tide and get a chance to sort of evaluate, you know, what the Tide have been doing, offensive, you know, strategies and game plans. On the other end of that, Tarvin, Alabama also has to buy a bye week going into this game, so that kind of offsets. So to me, I look at who is the better, you know, who's the better coach by giving an enti- you know a week off. And for me, it's Nick Saban. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Nick Saban at home. Uh, if this was at LSU, I think it would go differently this year. Um, so I think LSU tries for revenge, but just can't get there.
3: Well, one thing about Alabama this year, I, I really like their receivers. I think it's some of the top in the nation, actually. Uh, Geldon's there running the football. The offensive line lost a little bit, but I, I'm with you. A bye week here for Nick Saban, and I don't think they're going to overlook LSU no matter what. I mean, you know, last year scared them to death, and then they turned around and lost to a and I just think the, the receivers are going to be too much for LSU's defense to overcome. It's going to be a close one, I think, but I think Alabama pulls it out November 9th, and, and that's the three losses I give LSU right here at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get them that's loss number two for me. Uh, so, you know, two losses for LSU is a, is a big disappointment already.
3: Well, tell us this, Trey. I mean, I've never seen a team have a bye week, play a team, and then get another bye week. I mean, that's uh, really, I guess LSU putting a lot of emphasis on this Bama game, but also they want a little bit of time to heal up and rest for the Texas A&M game November 23rd in Baton Rouge. This should be interesting, especially if Johnny Manziel is eligible to play.
1: Yeah, I mean Menzel or no Menzel, I think the I think the Aggies losing Baton Rouge, I don't see of miles losing this game. Uh, last year, you know, they went on the road and actually beat Johnny Menzel. So now they're home, even if Menzel plays. I just think the the Aggies aren't going to have enough to win on the road in Baton Rouge, which should be a which should be a night game. So I think it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. You know, who knows if Menzel is playing, but I'm not gonna I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. LSU rolls. No, I
3: I like LSU in this game just because of their physical running game that that usually gives teams like Texas A&M trouble. Remember, guys, Texas A&M lost a lot, with or without Johnny. You're right, Trey. I don't think it's going to matter right here. I think LSU with another bye week to prepare, they take care of Texas A&M, which takes us to Arkansas November 30th in Baton Rouge. And usually
1: Arkansas gives LSU all they want,
3: all they can handle. But this year I just don't think that's going to be the case.
1: No, I mean I, I think the, I think it will be competitive, Tarvin, but I just don't think it's going to be. I don't think Arkansas is ready to to overcome that burden and beat LSU, especially when you're talking about, um, you know, LSU is going to really know who they are because they have played at Alabama, and they played at Texas or played Texas A&M at home. If Arkansas were on the road, it might be a different story. Uh, but again, they're at home. I like LSU at home. And I got them at ten and two, Tarvin.
3: Yeah, see, this could be a 7-5 and five LSU team. It could be a 9-3 and three team. I mean, this could go a lot of different ways for LSU. I have them losing, what, three games, 9-3, and three, but I could see them 7-5, 8-4, honestly. This is a tough schedule. And teams like TCU, Auburn, Georgia, they could come up and buy them, too. I mean, you just never know in the SEC from week to week. It can all change in one week. So, without further ado, Corey Byrd, Hopefully, I can hear him now. For you, there. I'm here. All right, buddy. So you heard our predictions. I have them nine and three. Trey has them ten and two. What do you have? Up? You being the LSU expert, you are. Tell us what we. Tell us what you
5: think. Uh, I think the Florida game's tricky because last okay. year the, the defense went down like a sack of potatoes in that third quarter. And I think that really sparked that drive because, if you remember, Florida could not do anything offensively in that game until two linebackers got hurt. And like I said, it is all she wrote after that. Yep. Now, the I mean, yeah. okay. What's now the Alabama game. Okay. What's that? Now the Alabama game. Here's a stat of the night. Les Miles is 3-1 and in Tuscaloosa since he's been the LSU coach, and I like him going 4-1 and against Alabama at home because that is the game LSU wants. They don't have to win any other games of the year. As long as they beat Alabama, they will be A-OK. And I think the record's been highest. I can see them going 11-1 or 9-3. It all depends on Zach.
3: Yeah. It's all about your quarterback play. And, honestly, I, I, this is a tough schedule, for you when you look at LSU. I mean, week in and week out, it just seems like it's tough. I like the way they did the bye weeks between Alabama and A&M like that. But before they get to that, that could be the it. I mean, they could lose three or four games before those games even come into play. That's how tough that schedule is.
5: That's very true. I'm intrigued to see what Kim Cameron does. At the beginning yeah, that's of a the good year. Point. Who knows? What
3: what well, well Corey, you never know, bud, and I appreciate you calling in tonight. We're about out of time, Trey, and uh, it looks like we're all close to the same ballpark and you know who we where we have L S U right now. But let me let me stress one thing. If that Tech Mettenberger doesn't improve on last year's trade, I think it could spell disaster for LSU. Oh, yeah. I mean, I
1: agree, Tarvin, because there's some games in the schedule that you, both you and I, I believe are going to be very close, um, including that very first game off the season with TCU. And if, and if you're LSU and you have national championship aspirations, you know, Cam Cameron in sure. town, as you talked about, Joe so Mettenberger. Mettenberger um, coming off, you know, supposed to be so much better. If they were to lose that game to an out-of-conference Big 12 team, you can see a team like LSU just imploding the way uh, sort of Arkansas and the way Auburn did last year. So, um, you know, it's, that game could be a very important game for, for LSU, not only on national spotlight, but also for, you know, their season as a whole and internally. Exactly. And, hey, Trey, before
3: we go, I think we have a caller in the queue. I think it's Tino. What's up, Tino?
6: Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Well,
3: talking football. What about
6: you? Uh, man, not much listening to y'all, man. I got a lot of people listening tonight, man. But um, everybody who picked LSU over Auburn, man, y'all y'all going to see what's really going to happen this year, man. I ain't worried about going That's to Death right. Valley. I mean, I, I'll be at that game, man. Death Valley don't scare us. We got a whole different team no. this year, man, and it all starts with the physicality of our defensive line. Our linebackers and our secondary. So, Eric, we, we're going to make some believers out of some people this year, man.
5: I hope
3: you're right. I, I think it's a lot different team. Like I said, Tino, they have a they have a good chance to uh, actually rebound. And, Tino, your phone sounds like a cat's murdering you or something, man. So, check <laughs> <laughs> so that my house tiger? Right is, is that a bingo tiger on you, Tino?
6: Yeah, that's a, that's a bingo tiger. I brought it home just, just for a mascot. I'm keeping it in my yard. Make sure I, nobody <laughs> don't try to roll my trees or anything. So tell, us about the LSU. Tell,
1: tell
3: us about the LSU Tigers. Where do you see them this year? Do you think they take a step back from last year, or do you think it's about the same?
6: LSU is going to be LSU at the end of the day, man. I mean, they're going, they're going to be good. Um, it's up to them if they're going to be, you know, really any better than good. they they got a possibility of being great. But when I say great, I mean losing maybe one game, possibly two. But, I mean, it's going to depend on the quarterback play. And um, it, it really depends on, on what he can do this season. The running back don't really make a difference for LSU. It's the quarterback. He he doesn't have to make touchdown passes every play. He doesn't have to make 30-yard passes. He just has to manage the game. LSU's defense is so good, no matter what, that, 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 that the quarterback that they have just has to Manage and make a couple drives so the defense can rest. But LSU is going to—they're going to be good. Don't don't—I take nothing from them. They're going to be good, but we're going to beat them.
3: Well, that's a good
1: prediction, there, Trey. Well, I mean, you know, if you guys can get together and agree on it, then it must be true, right? Oh well, yeah, you know, exactly. You know.
6: Trey, you know when you jump around on teams like you do, you pick a lot of different teams from week to week. It's never the same thing. It's never consistent. <laughs> the inconsistencies that you have are some of the things that Auburn had last year. So I understand where you're coming from. You know, you're a little uh, your feathers got a little got a little riled up. And I understand, I'm sorry. You know, but you know, you do jump around a lot of teams, but the other thing is the Notre Dame issues. Notre Dame this year is going to be at best if they have a great season this year, they'll be they'll, they'll finish even 500. I mean, their their schedule's tough. I mean, they're they're not who a lot of people think they are. They lost their quarterback, that killed them. They're still embarrassed from last season. Um, I mean, they got a lot going on, man. I take nothing from them. I, I don't dislike them. I don't. I don't necessarily like them, but their schedule is just tough this year.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. So, so tell us in, uh, who you have listening to us tonight.
6: Uh, it's a lot of the guys at work, man. A lot, a lot of my friends, man. A lot of people back in Auburn listening in tonight, man. Um, like I said, it's a lot of guys. I've been telling everybody about the show and. Pretty much everybody should be listening in from now on out, going into football season, man. They'll, they'll probably start calling in. But um, some of the some of the people that I got calling in don't know how to access the show online. Uh, can, can, can y'all tell them how to do everything and, and get them set up so they can get going with it?
3: Sure, I'll, I'll definitely do that right now. You go to blocktalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, T-A-R-V-I-N-O, or you can go to blocktalkradio.com and just type in weigh in sports and that will pull our episodes up. Make sure to follow the show. That way you'll get updates to your email um, showing you when the show is. And you can also go to wayinsportstalk.com That's our website, and we're going to start putting up our information. It's almost complete now, so make sure. And the call-in number, if you'd like to call in and listen, 646-716-5564, and you can go to Facebook and follow us. Uh, join the group, Way In Sports, and you'll you'll be able to get the updates. I really appreciate sports. Alright, Tino.
6: Thanks for joining Alright, man. I'm having have a lot of listening. people listening. I'm back pretty much full time now, guys. So uh Trey, be ready, man. Bring your best ammunition next week, next Sunday, this Sunday.
1: Welcome back, Tino. All
6: right, man.
3: you War Warrior. Welcome back. Chris Nelly
6: tonight. He's
3: back. He's graduated. He's fired up, Trey. The Braves just won their thirteenth
1: game in a row.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh Kim brought a little,
3: Kim brought a little problems with tonight, but he got through it, man. It's a deal. Yep, and Sonia's back with us tonight. Just want to thank them for coming. She's been sick. Lacey's sick, but she's here too. So, Graham Morris, thanks for calling in. Corey Bird, Jonathan McClose, uh, Jason Humphreys listening in. Big Ducks fan. Paul Ewing, uh, he doesn't like our picks with Dallas, Trey, but he, he's going to be wrong in a few weeks. I'm going to have to show him.
1: Yeah, Paul, I mean, be careful. I mean, Paul, one of the things that Paul will learn is that, you know, you and I do a pretty good job of picking these games. Last year we didn't get beat a whole lot. So, let's throw that out there, Tarvin.
3: Well, I have to throw something else out here. Friday night, the Braves are off tomorrow night, I believe, and they're they're taking their 13-game winning streak at home against Miami, and Chris Melly pointed it out, Lacey will be there, and if she – causes the Braves to lose that streak and lose to the Marlins, he's going to kill her, actually. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe in jinx and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't either, but he made a good point out. So, Lacey, make sure you make them win this game. It's Miami, for God's sake. They should be able to win that at home. But it's baseball, and you never know. Well, Sunday night, we are gonna we got a jam-packed show again. We've got a couple guests working on. Trey, tell us who we're previewing this Sunday night.
1: Well, Tarvin, you know, first off, chat room, tell me what you want to hear because i got a couple teams in mind. But before I go to these teams, I want to hear um, what the chat room says. Um, we obviously got to move into the AFC. Tarvin, I think we should start with the AFC. Let's start with the AFC West, Tarvin. Uh, I know Paul said to the East, but I think we want to wait in the East. There's such a quagmire of talk in the East. So let's wait and let that cool down for a bit. Let's talk about the West and uh, Manti Teo and all of the crap that goes on with him and the Chargers and if he's going to be any good. So we'll start off with that, Tarvin. What do you think about starting off with that in the NFL? All right.
3: That sounds good. And I think, I think Sunday night will be a good night to go ahead and, and preview the Auburn Tigers. What do you think?
1: Auburn Tigers up, and I think let's we'll do Miami with them. Miami, what about Florida State? Have we previewed them? We have not previewed Florida State. We're going to hold on, Tarvin. We're going to hold on. I want to, I want to wait and see if we can get a starting quarterback decision before we talk about them. But um, we're going to take right. mind the Miami Hurricanes.
5: All right.
3: We have the AFC West, the Miami Hurricanes out of the ACC, and the Auburn Tigers out of the SEC West. We have a lot to cover. I'm sure we'll have a lot of people calling in. So make sure you join us Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh radio dot com forward slash Tarbino. Follow us on Twitter at Way Sports. You'll get all the information you need. Uh website Wayin Sports dot com. We're glad. And Trey, we got notified that, that we're one of the top shows in the nation of all Blog Talk Radio shows. Out of fifteen thousand hosts, we're right up there in the top thirty, baby.
1: Yeah, well uh, it's crazy this is um I mean it really is a great honor that uh blog Talk you know, told us that, and they they reached out to us and said, I mean, you're talking about at a thir- top 30 tournament of 15,000. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I want to thank uh, all you guys who are listening, all the guys who are in the chat room.
0: Uh, really, you know, really doesn't mean a lot
1: to us that people listen to what, with all the crap we have to say. And uh, even if you disagree with us, call in. And I think you know, right now Paul and, and Jonathan are going crazy on me for saying that there might even be a Florida State quarterback controversy, but. Uh, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, I'm just saying that it's you know, that's what the truth is 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 that Jacob Coker is taking first team snaps. I'm not making that up. I mean you can predict what you want, and I predict the same thing that they do. but you know the the fact is Jacob Coker is taking first team snaps and the kid's pretty talented so um you know there it is Tarvin.
5: all right
3: well, well, we'll find out and again yeah it's a it's a us an honor to have people listen to the show and actually follow the show and and we want to bring you the quality show that we get the best we can and clean of language foul language so everybody can listen to it we're we're fun sometimes we're funny but we're serious too we just want to bring you the sports the way we see it the way espn sometimes can't we 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 can say what they can't and other other uh news sources and stuff but we're just honored to be here with y'all and we enjoy doing it and sunday night at 9 p.m eastern make sure you join us to follow auburn miami and the afc west until then We'll see you, Trey. Have a great week. See
1: you, buddy.
5: That you, smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet Cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle